Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, thanks for joining us this Saturday. I'm Steph March. I am here with Molly Herman today. How's it going? You know what I realized? What did you realize? I think this is the first time we haven't talked about the weather at the I beginning. I know. I have not given you guys you a weather report. You have not given report. the weather report. Sorry. My weather report is, damn. <laughs> damn. This is what I want my Minnesota summers to be, is what I want. Yeah, it's I nice. want... Yesterday was gorgeous. Oh, give me a break. Let me tell you. We were driving home from the farm and my farm, farm town and Meyer and I were both like I gotta tell you like having the windows down even the smell of manure is great <laughs> when you're down in the southern reaches of the state it smells sweeter and it was like the crickets were insane the lightning bugs were all over it was just dusk and the sunset was idyllic and I was like this is it this is what yeah. I want to be defined as for a Minnesota summer soak in the moment I know God, I love small town yeah Okay. Real quick, we do have a broccoli recipe. Oh, we got one? Yeah, Collar just, uh, I'm hoping I'm doing this justice. It's called uh, Nor. I'm not really yep. sure. Okay. Yeah, you got it. One and a half, uh, one and a half cups of Hellman mayos, yeah. uh, mayo. Yeah. A uh, half cup of sour cream. Okay. And a head of broccoli and a quarter cup of onions. I believe diced onions. And okay. Uh, yeah, I hope it's not just a whole onion. Fi- yeah, <laughs> finely shredded cheese and just uh, mix it all up, chill it overnight, and boom. Boom, there's a broccoli dip for you on the fly. You know, that sounds a lot like the broccoli salad my aunt used to make. She added bacon and, like, hard-boiled eggs to it, too. Oh, and yeah. it, was like, it was like a salad, but, Yeah, well, that's you know, the Minnesota thing of salad. salad. Josh, are you a broccoli guy or no? I love broccoli, and I love... I, I don't know if you guys are Whole Foods shoppers. We are. I've been, I get this all the time when I'm at Whole Foods. They have a broccoli, I guess, salad, and it's got, I think, walnuts. Yeah. Uh, diced onions. Craisins. Good, yeah. So good. You're into that. Yes. Love it. I'm I love not, you guys. It's a side dish anyways with like most of my like pastas or main entrees. Usually broccoli is the choice. Really? I know, I know exactly what you. you're going to say. Wow. I'm what? Then you don't I'm, like the craisins. I hate the craisins and the broccoli <laughs> salad. You know what? I'm so savory and I have yes, such a like anti-sweet sweet moment where I'm like, now it's like too it sweet. Is, it is a little bit, a bit of a downer with the salad. I can't like. It adds a little bit too much, too much of a sweetness to it. Right. It does. It does for me. I mean, I'm not, you know, our friend Meyer, who I'm, we were just talking about, she has a great broccoli salad recipe. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll find that from her too. But it's like, again, it's like a salad and there's like little, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's it for the <laughs> moving on. But thanks for that, Josh. Hey, do you have? Do you know how to do top two in hour two? Oh yeah. Let's dial it up. Give him the one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two in hour two. All right, give me two, winning, winning, winning. Okay, you guys, this is the time of the show. We tell you about two things that we are that are just sitting in our heads and we can't stop thinking about. Um, oh, why do you go first, Miles? What's your first one? Okay. Um, something that I enjoyed twice this week, because it was so good, uh, is the cold noodle salad at Abagnoli at the market mm. at Malcolm Yards. And it's just like the perfect summer lunch. So they have these cold rice noodles. You get two skewers, uh, like three each of these like chicken lemongrass meatballs with some charred scallion on oh, there. Oh, What? The noodles are tossed with a shrimp vinaigrette, and then it has peanuts and fresh mint. It is beautiful. But here's the pro tip. (laughs) Pro tip. Pro tip. Ask for extra sauce and extra peanuts. Because you need a little bit more. I want a little bit more. And the shrimp vinaigrette, like, is 
you know, it can be off-putting for some people. Like it's fishy. It's it's funky, right? Yeah, it's fermented. And so that's why that's why they keep it sort of light. Okay, but I'm like you want real. Want you want it. So double sauce, double peanuts, and then um, they have a homemade chili crisp that you can ask for on the side. Abangioli at Malcolm Yanch Market. Cold noodle salad. Cold noodle salad. Here's a hot tip too. They're opening another spot. Yes, they are in the Kingfield area. They're taking over the old Baludo space. Baludo right? space, right? Right next to Nighthawks. Used to be called Birdie a million years ago. Oh my gosh. So it's like a birdie. It's a return to Birdie. Do you Abagnoli know? means chicken of some sort. Do you know who is working with us at and on the events team? No. Jesse Pine. Jesse Pine, right. Who From was for Birdie Days. Birdie Days. Yeah. Oh, good. There's stuff. a full circle moment. There's a moment for you. Uh, okay, so cold noodle salad. I, I think we should have a segment on cold noodle salad. Uh, cold noodles do because that. that is a thing that a lot of people in the summertime who are the ramen lovers, they want to do more cold noodle, cold mm-hmm. noodles. And the tsukamen, the dipping noodles. Yep. That's great. Okay, so my first one is going to be um, a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I know. Didn't, but you, didn't you talk about this at the beginning of summer? I might have. But okay. it's a hot dog specifically at Sandcastle. Okay. Because of course, you know, I have the the giant You're baby. A lot of sandcastle lately. <laughs> I I have actually not been eating as much. Well, yes, okay, it comes home, and right. then there are things. But um, you know, this is our last year, and this is the last moment. And um, I have uh, giant baby is cooking there. So if you do happen to go to sandcastle and you shout out giant baby, he'll probably stick his head out from the kitchen and say hi. <laughs> um, he Don't loves, do it creepy though. He loves being Instagram and radio famous. Let there me just you go. um. But anyway, so they had uh, they have a tempura. I've always loved the dog flicker, yes. which is the hot dog that has the kimchi and the fried egg on top. That's always been the order that I get there, and I never have gotten the tempura dog. And I can't stop thinking about the tempura dog. Tell us more. Because there's tempura little crispy bits on top, like the fried mm. onion business yeah, yeah. and the QP mayo. And that's like all I can think about now is actually, and I want to mix it up because what I want to do is I want to do the Sonoran idea where you take your hot dog and you wrap it in bacon and then you cook it like that. And then you put the crispy stuff on top. I'm I'm in a moment of a a hot dog bar situation again. You know how I get in that space. Yeah. yeah. And I I like that. And I love that the texture that that would give you. Because normally if I'm going to make my perfect hot dog, it's going to be that bacon wrapped hot dog. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to put on um, like pickles, like dill pickle relish. And then I'm going to throw in the Duke's mayo or the QP mayo. And then I'm going to put the salt and vinegar chips on it. Mm. That's my perfect hot dog. I like that a lot. If there's an avocado in the area, it might happen to find its way in there but do you ever like score or um spiral cut your hot dog to get the crispiness yeah not me but there's someone in my house who does very much in fact i once bought him a like a little like machine on amazon that like cuts you know your hot dog did you really it was like i mean like when he was in middle school okay okay. and it was not cool enough like it it was like right he was like, this doesn't really work. Like, <laughs> Got it. All right. What's your second one? Uh, my second one is, so yesterday I had the immense pleasure to hang out with uh, our friend Kelly. Yes, yes. Uh, at her marsh farm. Yeah. The O'Reilly farm. The O'Reilly farm. I would call it the marsh farm. You call it the marsh farm. I call it the O'Reilly farm. Um, they have just this amazing garden and it was beautiful outside. And so she gifted me with the, like, Two of their first, like, slicing tomatoes. I saw a picture of the that tomato, and I was jealous. Yeah. So they're at home waiting on me. Okay. And uh, what I didn't realize, this is, this is such a beautiful thing, and I think that you're going to adopt this. I want to adopt this. She and her husband, John, um, celebrate, like, 
BLT season. Yeah. Like they have an opening day for BLT opening season. Day. <laughs> an opening day. This is great. So I'm going to be using, uh, I think we should celebrate BLT season. I'm going to use those lovely tomatoes. But one of the things that she mentioned, she goes, oh, I did your basil aioli. Oh. And it was a game changer. Oh, yeah. So all you do is like, you know, finally chop up some basil. Yeah. And you don't have to make your own aioli. You can just mix it with some good mayo and yeah. put it on there. But it sort of elevates your BLT a little bit. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gives you all that summer summer flavors. Do you toast your bread on a BLT or do you keep Always. it? Okay. Do you toast you toast it like as a pe- in a toaster or one side? Usually I toast it in a toaster because I'm making multiples. Yeah. But I do a light toast on it, not a hard toast. Because here's the thing, man. You want the squish. I, I need the squish. And I also don't want to cut up my mouth. You know, do yeah, hard? don't do a hard toast. It's like, and it's they like fall apart light, if you hard toast it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it just, just has a to be light brown. Toast. Like a little warms it up a little bit. Yeah, it's a Josh, little you got structure. Yeah, we have Gail on the line. She has a question uh, about her uh, large jackfruit, and uh, I'll let her tell you how large it is. Oh God, Gail, we have one <laughs> minute. Do you want to hold though, or do you want us to? Is it going to big question? No, I, I'll, I'll whatever you want. Why don't I we hold? I asked about jackfruit. Okay. That I didn't know when I ordered it up here in northern Minnesota, it would be the size of a turkey. <laughs> Sounds about right. It is okay, and you want to know what to do with it? And I don't know what to do with it. The Food Network said, oh, substitute for beef, and you can make barbecue yes. and whatever. Yes, I okay. paid 18 Gail. bucks for it yesterday, and I brought it home, and I thought I had brought home another baby. Oh, my God, <laughs> Gail. Can you, do you want to hold, or do you want to hang up and listen, and we'll talk about it? If you want to hold, we'll take we'll. Keep you on, and I we'll won't. come back. To I you. mean, I'm walking my dog, so what okay. are you doing? You guys, take a. Do you just hold on? We're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We're gonna talk about what you can do with this jackfruit because it's amazing. We'll be right back. All right, you guys, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We have Gail still. Gail, you're still there, right? Is Gail on the line still? She's got it. You're good. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk. Well, now, Gail, if you are just joining the show, Gail called and she has bought what it amounts to be a jackfruit the size of a VW Beetle, I believe. <laughs> well. Well, pretty much uh, the size of a turkey that you could serve like 15 people. Okay. And I live in northern Minnesota, and when I I was watching the Food Network, which is kind of like not always good. Yeah. Jackfruit, jackfruit. (laughs) So I I called my local thing, and then they ordered it for me, and it was 18 pounds. (laughs) That is an enormous jackfruit. That's huge. Gail, have you ever worked with jackfruit before? I thought it would be like a cantaloupe or something, or maybe a pear. The thing is huge and it's sitting at my counter and what do I do? I mean, I I could go to YouTube, I guess. So well, Gail, would be we have to a... ask you guys, what do you do with it? Okay. <laughs> We've got a, a few suggestions, but have you ever worked with jackfruit before? No. Okay. So the first thing you need to know is that when you cut it open, it's going to be real, real sticky. Yeah. It is. It's a what they call a latex fruit, right? So it's going to sort of have this sticky it's it's little stems are sticky yeah so when you cut it open it's going to be even worse than that so what i would suggest is like laying down some saran wrap or uh you know parchment paper or something so i'm doing some like uh er exam or something yeah exactly alien autopsy that's what you want to think one thing you can also do to prevent it sticking to your knife and hands is just put a little bit of oil on both your knife and hands you don't want to make it too slippery um, but that way it just won't stick to you as much. Um, you can also use gloves, but it'll stick to the gloves. So anyway. Okay. My next question is, then why did anyone want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Gail, I'll tell you that they do have canned jackfruit that you can use next, oh, next time. Next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> But once you get it open, there's a there's going to be a a core in the middle, a hard core that you need to cut like that out. So how, however you want to cut it into segments that make it easier for you to work with, and you know with an 18 pound, you're <clears throat> use the biggest knife you got that yeah. you feel comfortable yeah. using. Just um, send you the picture. It looks like I'm having Thanksgiving. You are having right? Jack with Thanksgiving, vegan Thanksgiving <laughs> for all. So you're going to cut out that core, and then, you know, you'll get the seeds out, and you'll see those little pockets of the soft jackfruit Oh, they have meat. seeds, too? Yeah. Oh, my God. Good luck. So um, the best way I think that you should prepare it, and you can look, there's multiple, multiple recipes online, is put it oh, in a slow cooker sure. or an and Instapot. that's why I ordered it, but I just didn't think it would be... Like Thanksgiving turkey. Slow cooker instant pot is your way to go. Yes. You want to think about it in terms of like shredding it up and making it into like what feels like a pulled pork situation. Absolutely. Okay. All right. And then you can flavor it any way you want. You can go Asian with it. You can go barbecue. You can do all that stuff. I know, but if you could see this thing is all prickly and weird. And (laughs) my dog barked at it when I brought it in. Look like it brought a new baby home. Well, then I think what you should do first is you should draw a face on it and have a podcast with it or do some sort of a. I'm just going to put a a wig on it and walk it through town in Pelican Rapids, Minnesota, which is a very You absolutely should. Save it for Halloween. I I very much am an advocate for for Jack. that. Gail, do it. Jack All right. Well, good luck, Gail. Make sure that you uh, report back. Send us a note or give us a call next weekend and tell us how it went. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, I always listen to you guys. Oh, okay, thanks. bye. Thank you. She sounded real optimistic. There. I know. She's, I know. Uh-oh. I'm a little worried for Gail and how that's going to go. But I, you know what? There's a lot of recipes on that. Once you get into it and you get it pulled out, you're going to instant pot it. You're going to shred it up. It's going to be easy. Yes. And it's good for tacos, like we were saying. And it's good for, you know, you can make jackfruit sandwiches. sandwiches. You have or, the sauce. You know, yeah. you can do you all can sorts of You can also put stuff. it on pizza and things like that. So, like I said, as long as you're cooking it in the slow cooker or the instant pot, you can flavor it any way you want. Right. The pulled pork barbecue pulled pork jackfruit is sort of the most popular right now. Right. And it's almost like, you know, I did uh, spaghetti squash that way for the vegetarians. Yep. You know, and I did spaghetti squash in the instant pot. And then that turned into a barbecue situation for the vegetarians. Oh, I love spaghetti squash. I make like a carbonara with spaghetti squash. Oh, it's so a little good. sweet for me because it's, so that's why like barbecue sauce goes well with it because it's already sweet. You know what I mean? But I don't want to eat it like pasta. Everybody wants you to eat it like pasta. And I'm like, it's too sweet for pasta. It's actually not if you put other stuff on it. Like I guess, I mean, I salt, find it too salt, sweet. Salt, pepper. But I put pesto. I try. It's not like I'm bacon. not trying. Have you tried bacon with yeah, it? Yeah, it's still, okay. you get that sweet, because it's a squash. It's a squash. It's a sweet squash. Which is a fruit. Yes. It's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um. Okay. Well, thanks, Gail, for that. That was a fun little diversion into jackfruit. Um, I do want to talk about. I didn't really get my second uh, top two and R two, and it's fine because and people were people were writing some in. Some people sent me a note, and um, okay, it was your husband. But um, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to because there is something I want to talk about. I was going to talk about, uh, and I can t- shuffle a couple things, but I do want to talk about the dinner that I had mm-hmm. last night because it is kind of important, and especially because I found out about this dinner because of a weekly disher. And so, and I don't remember who it was, and I don't know if you're listening or you know or not. But basically, uh, I went down to Cup and Saucer, which is in Sherburn, Minnesota, which is down by Lakefield and Fairmont, and we had to go through Mankato. It's south of Mankato, 
Um, and it's two hours. It's a little over two hours from the Twin Cities. Two hour drive. Yeah. And it's and the, here's the thing about it. It's a tasting menu. And you had to buy tickets like two months in advance. <laughs> Is it always a tasting menu? Or yes. They, okay. So. It, and I'm going to I'm going to write a piece about it because I have there's a lot of interesting things about it. Um, but nonetheless, this little this little teeny tiny restaurant in this town that is I mean, I'm going to be quite honest. The main street is dying, if not sure. dead. And um, but it's this you know, I mean, to go down on a quiet summer night to drive two hours through farmland and everything else to land at this little place where um this uh, chef Seth and his wife Elizabeth, they moved from the Twin Cities. They were chef. He was at the Lafayette Club for many years. Okay. And they got this opportunity to move back down to the area where uh, his parents live. And so I think it's his parents or her parents. Um, it's his parents. And they basically, uh, they moved in with them. They opened this restaurant. And now they're doing these little tasting menus. And the tickets sell out. And it's like... Two people work in the room and him in the kitchen for 40 seats. Do they get a lot of Twin Cities folks that come down? They get people from all over. They get people from North Dakota, from South Dakota. They get people from Iowa, the Okoboji. They get people from everywhere. And tickets sell out. I had the tickets that I got yesterday. You guys, this is just me. I did not call and ask for a seat or to hold or anything. I basically, I'd been looking for a couple months and I, cause they sell them on the first of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll put the name, you know, they'll put the tickets are live and there's only 40 seats and they sell and there's usually two days of dinners. Um, and then they, and, and I happened to luck on finding that the 29th had a table open and this was in May, I feel like. Goodness. So, or maybe it was June. It was June 1st. So totally worth the drive. Totally worth the drive. You guys, I, and, and in a way, and I'm not, I am going to write something about this. And so you're going to, I mean, I have a lot, like I said, give all the stuff I don't want to give you everything, but the thing that I kept thinking is if it were up here, we'd ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much, charming, it, it was so like. charming and so relaxed and so easy and not fussy, but yet it was elevated and refined and the duck was outstanding. And it was, are there places to stay down there if you don't want to make the four hour round trip? I, I think. You could. Yeah, well, Mankato. Okay. I mean, you know, but I I recommend. But I stay tuned. If you're a Cup and Saucer fan and a Southern Minnesota fan, stay tuned. It's wonderful. So we're going to take a quick break, you guys. We're going to come back, talk about a couple other fun things. Malcolm Yards, Pizza Fest, all good things. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Week the Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Molly Herman. we got Josh on the... On the phone lines, hanging out. It's a good day, right? It's a great oh, day. Yeah. It's a good day. Okay, so I want to quickly talk about that I was at Pizza Fest, Pizza City Fest last weekend in Chicago. Um, because Pizza City, it's Chicago is, I know the funny thing last <laughs> I'm, give, I'm giving her this skeptical she's look. Giving that's me why like she's the, laughing. Maybe not like, face. But um, I feel like the last time you were on the radio, it was just after you went to Chicago or something like Probably. that. Probably. Yeah. Um, but we, I went down to, uh, Chicago and hung out, uh, with my sons who are up here this weekend. But, um, so I get a double, I get a two for double dose, double dose. Um, but nonetheless, it was Steve Delinsky who is, you know, um, Minnesota born, but the kind of the food guy of Chicago. He's like his photos everywhere in restaurants. Yes. <laughs> and he is James Beard award nominated or maybe even one. I think <laughs> he's in town this weekend too. So not that I think he's listening to weekly dish, but, um, he's, uh, anyway, he's kind of like their big food guy down there. And he, uh, he threw this event and it was really, they'd never been done before. 
were, was this supposed to happen pre-COVID and then it got delayed? I have no idea. I didn't ask the okay. question. Sorry, continue. But he's his whole thing is that everybody thinks that Chicago is Chicago style deep dish pizza. And he's like, everyone thinks that that's what Chicago is and there's nothing else. And his point is there are a lot of styles in Chicago. Okay. And so his thing was, we are pizza city. And so this is pizza city fest. And so he did uh, a really great, fun, big old party in a parking lot. Now it was 90 degrees (laughs) (laughs) in a parking lot, in a parking lot. Um, But he brought together, I mean, it was a really nice, it was over two days and he celebrated each kind of style. And then there were two people. It was kind of this cool to do like a head to head comparison. So, you know, you had like, like deep dish and then there were two people doing deep dish on either side of the sign and you got to sort of, Okay. You know, try. And they had the pizza ovens, the MasterChef pizza ovens. Everybody had them at their booths. Okay. So it was hot, fresh it was pizza. They hot, fresh like pizza. Cold, it wasn't like, it. yeah. So um, it was crazy good. And I thought there were so many great new places. My favorite, if you looked at any of my stories, um, was Bob's Pizza. No, you're not. You're <laughs> offline. But Bob's Pizza, listeners, is, you guys know, I put up a little story about this guy, Bob, describing his pickle pizza. Now, you know that I'm a little bit of a pickle fiend. Yes. But it was so good. So and what was on it? He used, he used, it was just, he'd had their house pickles. They, you know, they cured a bunch of pickles, sliced them super thin. So they were almost like paper thin on top. And then he had um, mortadella as the, as oh, the meat on there. And then he had, nice. and it was a white sauce. So he just like did like kind of a little garlicky sauce, mm-hmm. and then he had the the mortadella, and he had the thin sliced pickles. Here's he used old style beer in the crust. It felt real Wisconsin, you know, it Chicago yeah. hybrid, which I think is a lovely place to be. And it was really great. But Bob's Pizza, it's sort of the artisanal pizza. So do you for the deep dish? Did they have like the two heavy hitters there? Well, the or who day, did they have? yeah, they had um, the day that I was there. The deep dishers was was it Pat? No, it was um, gosh. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't come prepared with the name. Okay, sorry. Malnati's was there. Okay, they were there, but they were there the day I wasn't there because he had two. Okay. They had different people every time. What's the other one that starts with a G? Giordano's was Giordano's. not okay there. Those and are just like the two big chains in yes, Chicago. Yeah, Mel is sort of known as the OG, and I think that's yeah. why they got the invite. In fact, they did have a panel, and Mel, Lou Malnati or his son was there talking about um, what who invented deep dish and hmm. the difference between deep dished and stuffed, because you know they're different. Okay. And that's why people get confused, because sure. if the sauce is on top or the sauce is below, those are, that's a difference. Different Same thing. with Detroit style. There's traditional Detroit style where the sauce is on top, and then there's just Detroit style, like that people are doing like rectangle. It's not traditional because the sauce isn't on top of the cheese. Oh, on top of the cheese. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's on top of the crust. Yeah, but not on, on top the of the cheese. Got right. it. So was there a competition or were were guests allowed to sort of vote for what the head to head competition? No. no. Uh-uh. So it was just friendly. It was totally it was just, a friendly pizza. It was fest. like, hey, guess what? There's he was so the celebration of more pizza in town that of okay. styles it was sort of a like a an exposition of you know what styles pizza are around expo. yeah it was like a pizza expo and he had panels and chris bianco yeah. uh came up from arizona who's kind of known well as like known you know for... yeah the pizza man of the united states yep and he came up and he had a whole thing and did a a, a wonderful kind of thing so maybe you guys should have it at milk Mirrors. You maybe you should mm. do like a we should work on doing one or maybe we can have dylinski come up and do it up here Let's I don't talk. want to steal his thunder. Let's talk. But I do think that they are going to different towns and doing like pizza. People who have like a style, like you could go to one thing I wish that he had done. They did have Detroit style, but they didn't have quad city pizza, which is kind of a, 
uh, like, and that's a Chicago, you know, that's like an Illinois, Iowa thing. So, and that's what QC Pizza is here yeah. in the Twin Cities. And it's a multier crust. It's got a little bit of, they use malt in the crust. Um, it's cut into like strips instead of squares. Like mm-hmm. they did have tavern style down in Chicago at the mm-hmm. Pizza Fest. But it's interesting because that's the thing is when people are like, well, what's your favorite pizza? And you're like, well, it depends. What, what kind? You can't just say pizza anymore. You have to like find the kind. Right. That you like. There are times that I'm craving rectangle, which is the Detroit deep dish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's times that I want like the really thin crust. Yeah, like a cracker thin crust. Yes. And then there are times that you want the big foldables. New York style up here, that's probably our dearth. I think we don't have enough like big, you know, flat slice pie places, you know? Probably I think hello and... Well, hello, yes, does it, but that's not even... Like theirs is just their pizza. You know what I mean? Like, right. I guess I feel like... But it was in that New York style versus yeah. Lola. And- right. True. True. I do think that um, Cassetta's has the best giant slice okay. of cheese pizza. I've said that many times. Josh mm-hmm. is agreeing with me. Oh, yeah. You're in on that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, as pizza being my favorite food, I've not been to like the bigger like Black Sheep. I've not been there. Haven't oh. been to Pig Ate Man Pizza in Robbinsdale. Those are two like the notable ones I've been recommended. Okay. I have been to Giordano's, but that's in... Chicago, but it also is in Minneapolis too. So that's after I ate that, I'm like, oh man, I ate at a chain pizza. Yeah, it's a super chain. Places, well, and so. Piggy May Pizza is no longer. Yeah, Piggy May Pizza is closed. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But now it's New Valbarine. They still have some pizzas on the menu. Right. You should check that out. But have you done like, do you do like the Pizza Lola or anything like that? You got to go. I haven't delved into that portion of uh, my pizza love yet. Your pizza love. Okay. Where does Fat Lorenzo's fall for you guys? That's my boy's favorite. That's because that's near you. That's the yes. other thing about pizza, Lake like Thomas. the small spaces. Yep. It depends on, you know, where you live. Sure. So that's also a thing. I don't know. Okay, Josh, what's your favorite pizza then? Um, I honestly like I, I'll eat any pizza, but honestly I prefer the thicker the better. So oh. pan pizza or, or deep dish is my preference. Uh but I'm very picky and I'm a square cut guy one hundred and ten percent. So have you had rectangle pizza yet? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I, I okay. do. But like my like when I order it, my preference is square, just because uh, more pieces the better. Even though it literally all it's it all no the same difference. volume. <laughs> That's so it's funny. It's a mental Perception. It's a mental generosity yes. is what you're going for. I yes. feel that. Miles, what's your favorite pizza? You're gluten free. I'm gluten free. Um, I some of the best pizza gluten free crust for me is like Pizzeria Lola. They yeah. have a really good one. Um, I also like punch pizzas gluten-free crust it's kind of a croissanty so it's not like right traditional right um but close to us parkway and carbonis you know they're they're they have a decent gluten-free but they have a great regular pizza and fat lorenzo's just started doing a gluten-free pizza crust really and back to qc which is also by my house where we have a, a you do have a pizza, pizza you're in a pizza place, place. <laughs> um they're gluten free. They make it in house because so many of them don't. Yeah, uh, and you can taste the malt in it. Oh, you can even, even in the well. Gluten. Yeah, that's they're the ones that introduced a little me. Bit of honey, they can't use like malt, malt. But anyway. right, yeah, they're the ones that introduced me to uh, Quad City Pizza. Have you? Have either of you guys been to Door County? Yes. Okay, there's a place called Sunny's. It's right in Sturgeon Bay. There, uh, I believe it's garlic crust. Oh, but it, and it's chicken parmesan or not? It's a uh, just Parmesan, yeah, chicken Parmesan pizza with garlic crust. It's that's yeah, the best. I get, my family lives over in Door County, and whenever I go visit them, it's like you're in. Must have, yeah. Oh yeah. Have you guys? Mm. How do you feel about this? This is just a quick question about potatoes on your pizza. Do you feel like? Because I would say in Chicago there was quite a few options 
um, Banchi had this really great, like, it was called a Roman pizza, and it was like potatoes and like a little bit of a cream sauce and then herbs. It was wonderful and cheese, but it was like there was two other potatoes pizzas, and we don't really do the potato thing up I here that much, do we? Potato pizzas, and you do. Pizzeria Lola has one that is that I think it's called the Iowan, yeah, and it has like uh, potatoes and bacon and thyme, and it's like a cream sauce. And then I I do love rectangle pizza. It's just I don't always want thick crust, right. and, they, and they, they do make a gluten free, which is really good, deep dish uh, Detroit style pizza. Their shredder's amazing, but they, every once in a while, seasonally, they'll have a potato pizza as well. Josh, potatoes, how do you weigh in? Honestly, it sounds good. I just feel like Minnesota's like the most basic state ever when it comes to these <laughs> foods, so we would never like even try to make an attempt at, at that at a restaurant here. But if you go like to Chicago, it definitely is something I would see probably everywhere. Yeah. I feel good. like Black Sheep might have had potato pizza on theirs, yeah. too. I feel like they did. Black I feel like Sheep, they had like a like rosemary pizza. level pizza, and I need to have it for the first time because I have not had it. And I, so far, it's been ranked. I don't know. You guys probably defer, but it's. I've seen it, you know, number one. Wait, who's name. who are you speaking of? Uh, Black Sheep Pizza. Oh. Like anybody's anybody I've talked to says it's probably the best one in Minneapolis. And it's coal fired versus wood fired. Yeah, yes. which is. is just an easier, even heat. I'm gonna say that I still think Ann Kim's stuff is probably our top, you know, pizza I'll have place. To look into it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if you can get in. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Go to Pizzeria Lola. They're open for lunch during the week and you yeah, can get in. I know. Or you can get them to go at Lola yeah. too. So that's wonderful. All right. I love the pizza chat. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to wrap it up. My God. Um, but, or are we? Are we? Yeah, we are. Um, we're also going to talk a little <laughs> bit about what's going on around town. Um, Malcolm Yards is celebrating their one year anniversary, which I can't believe it's been a year since it's been open. It's been it's been long and fast at the same time. It has been long kinda and fast. Like, kind of like COVID. Kind of like COVID. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's bring it back. All right. We'll be right back, you guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Week Leaders. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. It's been a fun one so far. It's good to see you. It's good Thanks to for see having you. me back. I know. Um, it's uh, We are happy to that Malcolm Yards is having a one-year anniversary. Believe it or not. When was when is the actual... So our grand opening was August 5th. So we're we're going to have some promos throughout August. Yeah. You know, so we're not doing like some big bash. Um, but we are going to have dollar beers for our one-year anniversary. Dollar, dollar beer. Uh, dollar, dollar beer on uh, Friday the 5th. And then just watch our Instagram and, and social media pages because we're going to have some fun giveaways and... Uh, different things, and one of them includes like a chef coming to cook at your house. Oh, nice! And all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff. So keep up with, start following us on uh, Instagram, the Market at Malcolm Yards, or check Facebook and uh, follow along because all throughout the month we'll be we'll be doing some giveaways. I like it. Um, I have to say that we, of course, the Weekly Dish partner with you guys on a very special event. Yes, that I'm gonna announce right now. I think it's time. You think it's time? We are officially telling you guys that Cookbook Swap, our famous uh, Cookbook Swap event, is going to happen on October 15th. October 15th. October 15th. From 12 to 2. Yeah. Uh, it's always a fun event. And last year... I mean, oh, my we, God, you guys. We we were having it at Kitchen in the Market for years, right? How many yeah. years did we do that? Do we even know? No, I think it was like four or five. Okay. And then uh, Kitchen closed, obviously, and we had COVID. And so we, uh, you guys were kind enough to bring it to Malcolm Yards last year, and we were able to do a bigger and better. Bigger and better. Cookbook Swap. Yeah. This is where, if, you, if you're a first-timer to hearing those words, what we do is we just... You gather all the cookbooks that you don't really want anymore, that you're done with, you want to move on from, you bring them to the swap, 
And then we pile them up on a big table. We all have a couple drinks. We do a little live auction for a charity. And then we open the tables up and you get to like take whatever, you know, you get to like leave your books and then you get to take some books. And we do some fun things where we give people first passes in. I was going to say, that is one of the silent auction items that is the the most popular. I know we need they, to do a couple of them. They, I think they want, they want that first access to get in, to get the, the books because you start piling your books and you start seeing things and someone uh-huh. drops in like a Thomas Keller book. And they're like, what? cause they're like, I couldn't touch this one, but somebody could. And then someone's like, that's what I've been looking for. Absolutely. But then there's also some really great old stuff, some church, vintage, yeah. some churchy things. Church, love church cookbooks lady, love. uh, cookbooks. We have a listener who sent us a message saying that she basically like has to take off work and she's so excited. Oh, for it how so, sweet is that i know well and any of the cookbooks that are left get donated right. to a local charity i think you know in the past it's been arc value village last year it was the saint paul saint paul college yep. yeah and we did to their library. cookbook collection i think we'll keep doing that because okay. that's a really great uh you know uh, it's a great resource for people mm-hmm. so and like for cooks and the next generations to be able to like thumb through you know a 1970s microwaves are for cooking <laughs> And I, I know you like finding like little oh, notes in there. My and, like, I cards. totally take cookbooks. Yeah, from there, like I have an obsession with cookbooks. You guys, yeah, clearly. but that's fine because I have a radio show about how cooking. Ma- how many do you, cookbooks do you have? Do you I'm know? not counting them. That feels okay. like that would be wrong to count them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels like it would be wrong. Um, okay, so what's going on? Let's talk about some news around town or things that yeah. are going on. Um, I wanted to shout out a couple things that have opened. There's a new coffee shop up in Roseville called Makwa Coffee, and it is uh, Ojibwe woman-owned. How's it spelled? It's M-A-K-W-A. Okay. Makwa. Makwa. And it's off of Hamlin. Uh, it's in the former Olive Branch Bistro, if that means anything to you. They've got, uh, she's doing, um, you know, she's just got this great stuff. She's selling, she has something called a Zig. I'm going to say it wrong, maybe. Zigwan sugar maple drink, which is cold brew, caramel, and maple syrup. Yum. And that sounds with milk. It sounds really mm-hmm. yummy. But she's also selling um, hand-harvested uh, wild rice from Leech Lake Reservation. Oh, I love hand-harvested wild rice. Let me just tell you. you let's take a moment. I had never had it until oh. I moved here. Because in the rest of the country. Yeah, I know. They you know, you just it. get the cultivated wild right, rice. And right. it's all, you know, it takes so long Not. to cook. And it's just, hand-harvested wild rice is a revelation. Oh, and like it has Molly endorsed. It is like a smoky, nutty flavor. It cooks much quicker than the cultivated. Much quicker. And fluffier. And I am telling you, like when we visit family or we're visiting friends out of town, I take a bag of that to give to people. The Leech Lake Reservation one is the best, I think, too. Yeah, I 100% agree. So that's available for you. She's selling it up in Roseville at this Makwa Coffee, to repeat that, so you guys can find it. Makwa, which means black bear in Ojibwe. I was just looking it up. I know. Um, the other one I wanted to let you know about um, is, well, some. there's another one called uh, uh, Nanny's Jamaican Kitchen over in East St. Paul, um, right off Payne Avenue, I believe, that they just opened up. And so they're doing, you know, full jerk chicken and pork. They've got Grandma's Country Style Curry Goat, if you're up for that. Oaks, oxtail stew, all the good things. You know, we don't have a lot of Jamaican eateries. We have pimento, and I feel like... Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, maybe a sanitized version of, of Jamaican in a way. Like, it's more accessible. Okay. Pimento Kitchen. Yeah. But we don't ha- we don't see a lot of goat anymore. It seemed like goat had a moment. Yeah. Probably, like, you know, five, eight years ago. And now it's, we don't see it as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, of course, could I be love supply chain issues. I don't know. Right. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm, I, I, they have goat at uh, Pimento too, though. 
They do. Okay. Or at least they used to. But I love that. Yeah. Pimento to me is like kind of my standard as far as it goes. You know, Tommy is sort of, you know, the guy. And I went there thinking like, oh, it's not going to be that hot. Oh, there's some sauce. There's some heat. Yeah. He's also selling his sauces at Target now, by the way. Oh, good for him. I know. So well done for Pimento. Um, You heard about Grumpy's in Roseville closing. We're sort of in a St. Paul news place. Um, They're having, uh, apparently they've been overrun with people wanting to pay their last respects. But also, unfortunately, not being very patient about it. And so, let me just say, if you are going up to, you know, Grumpy's for your last hurrah and your memory-making moments, if you're going to any restaurant that's closing and you're like, ooh, let's get in one more visit, if you're not respectful of the people who are scurrying around trying to, like, do their job and allow you to have your memories, but also then working through their own issues and probably having to, like, pare down... You know, supplies and staffing yeah, and everything else. With less resources. Yes, and... let's just remember. Don't be a jerk. Let's say that for all restaurants, well, not yes, just ones that clearly. are closing. Yes, <laughs> truly. I mean, people are are getting a little more impatient when the it's people are going out more. Yeah, uh, and so it is crowded, and people are getting a little impatient. And we we all need to be patient. Be good to each other. I know. Be good to each other out there. Um. Uh, some things that are happening this weekend, the Anoka County Fair, if you're looking for a little pre... Is it that time already? It's Again. that time. We're talking My county goodness. fairs. Here it is. Let's go. Oof. Get up there. They have demolition derby tonight. Oh, it's tomorrow. They have mutton busting. They bust the muttons. <laughs> they, ra- they rope and ride cattle and then they bust those muttons. And then they have the demolition derby on Sunday. I'm sorry. I think demolition derby is the funnest thing you can do at a county fair. And I well, wish you, that the you state are fair, an aggressive Jeep owner. I know, but I think like I feel like I could channel myself behind that wheel and I just want to crash them up. You absolutely could. And I feel like the state fair should have a demolition derby day. It would go <laughs> nuts. It would be sold out. Super hot. It'd be fun. Is the mutton busting is that kids that do that? Or I, don't know. Okay. I think they rope and ride cattle and then they rope and ride Mutton. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Sheeps. It would be the sheep then that probably do. Yeah, that. they don't ride the sheep. So let's be clear about that. Um, then okay. Here's the bigger news about the THC stuff. I mean, did you? Are you at all interested in the whole beverages and snacks and things with the THC? You don't have to admit I'm, this on. The I'm air. glad it's available. It's not necessarily something that I turn to. If you guys, I mean, if you've been under a rock, maybe you don't know that right. THC kind of slipped in under the wire. And uh, as a as a legal entity in a legal addition, up to three milligrams is a yep. legal addition to a, a food or beverage that has been produced and processed. Um, and they are uh, the first uh, cannabis infused drink is now available at Minneapolis Cider Company. It's yeah. non-alcoholic, but mm-hmm. it does have three milligrams of THC. Have, well, that's the thing. There's no alcoholic drinks that have the THC. No, no you can't double up. You can't. You can put your own. You can put your own in there. Choose your own vice. Like choose which one. <laughs> I'm not. That isn't. We are not advocating for that. No. By the way, this is just us saying, have a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, ciao, ciao, you guys. Take care.